Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 776. When it comes to business, when it comes to writing, when it comes to cars, just remember why you do it. You do it because you love it. You do it because you, you, know, you want to keep the industry alive. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ruby Scalera. Hey, Ruby, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm so ready. All right, cool. Great to have you here. Ruby Scalera is the editor of news and social media at carshowsafari.com. There she works alongside her father, Tom, and their very talented team with a mission to be the single source for information about every car event everywhere. Ruby's been attending car shows since before she could walk, and she fell in love with cars at a tender young age, specifically of the 1957 Corvette variety. That's pretty specific. She's written a number of automotive publications and loves having a career that blends her passion for writing with her love for automobiles. One of Ruby's goals is to make the automotive industry more appealing and accessible for women. Very cool, because yesterday I had a very nice lady on the show, Kathy Droz, who uh, works in the automotive industry to help women as well. So starting the week off right here on Cars, yeah. So Ruby, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment, share a little bit more about your career, your website, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Yes, Mark, and thank you so much for having us on the show. It's really exciting to be involved with Cars, yeah. You're welcome. And by the way, Tom, her father, is going to be a guest tomorrow on Cars, yeah, so very cool. Yeah, and that's been part of what's so much fun about working for the business. I was sort of raised in a very car-centric household, and you know, we went to all sorts of car events all over the country growing up. And my dad and I just grew into this great relationship with cars surrounding summertime together and convertibles and everything like that. So when the idea for the business got started a couple of years ago, it felt very natural. You know, we we go to car shows around the country, and we wanted to create a resource for people who did the same thing. And I went to college specifically for journalism. And kind of decided to meld that love for cars into a love for journalism, too. So a lot of my writing goes into the car industry as well. And again, that happened kind of on its own. Your guys' website is so much fun. And we talked the other day. I told them that I grew up in Southern California, as my listeners know. And I go to the website and I feel like I'm right at home. Because it's kind of that beachy scene, car scene, hot rods, cool cars, all sorts of things. And of course, car events are so much a part of the car genre and the hobby. So what you guys have created is absolutely spectacular, and I'm so happy to share that with the Cars Yacht listeners. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying has a great meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Ruby, take the wheel. Well, thanks again. So I have this quote. I'm also an author. I'm a novelist, too, um, which, again, runs parallel with the writing. And I have a quote on my bulletin board that says, don't be a writer, be writing. Oh, nice. And at first, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And at first, it sort of applied specifically to writing. But then I started to realize that in, in whatever you do, business, writing, journalism, you can't sit back and rest on what you've already done. Right. And you can't say, I am a journalist. I am an entrepreneur. You need to keep going on to the next step and keep fighting for that title and the right to say it. So that's sort of what I apply to the business as well. Well, you know, that works in a lot of things. But it's very interesting because last Friday, I had an author on, Garth Stein, who wrote The Art of Racing in the Rain. He said the exact same thing. He said, if you want to be a writer... You can't think about writing. You can't read something. You can't 
Imagine what it's going to be. You got to sit down and write. Put your rear end in the seat and write. So that's exactly what you just shared. It's a good. It's a good piece of advice. I mean, Faulkner said it, so I can't take credit. Oh for well, it, yeah. Well, he knew what he was doing, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> some of the time. Some of the time. Let's go back in time. You talk about growing up in a family with a dad who loves cars and being around cars. So. Share with us a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you remember, oh my gosh, I'm a car gal just like my dad's a car guy? Yeah, yeah. We pretty much in my family put that back. I was about four years old and we had this great local car show a couple towns over. It was just one of those street car shows, middle of summer, it's hot. Everyone's selling lemonade for like $4 too much, you know. <laughs> and I look over from my stroller and there's a 57 Corvette convertible in bright red. Ooh. And it just, you know, that car has been the car to end all cars for me for a very long time. And of course, you know, I started to understand what it meant for America and what it meant for the classic car industry. But I always go back to that car. And that day and remembering growing up being in strollers at car shows, you know, we went to a show every year from when I was probably two or three to when I was 20 and leaving for college. Oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And my dad used to do this ridiculous thing. We would always try and make a big stroller for my brother and I. Uh, and every year it fell apart. You know, he's trying to push us around this huge event. It's the Let East Car event in uh, in New Jersey. Oh, wow. And they used to get like 3,000, 4,000 cars or whatever. And he'd push us around and the thing would be like a hundred pounds heavier than it should be. And he's pushing my brother and I around. So I have a lot of these memories of being with my family as a young kid in car related environments with classic cars all around always. Well, it's so cool. And a big part of what you guys are doing for the car hobby is to making other people aware of these great events around the country, around the world, so that other dads and grandfathers and uncles and cousins and brothers can take their kids along and expose them to the hobby just like you were. So I see a 57 in your future for sure. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So Ruby, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You're a young lady, so you've had some experience, but you've got a lot, a lot more experience coming down the road. But I want you to share a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced and more importantly, how you overcame that situation, what you learned from it. Great. Well, when I was thinking about this question, you know, you're right. I, I'm about to have my 25th birthday, which is kind of exciting. Get yes. To get a classic car. <laughs> I have a classic car now. Quarter of a century old. <laughs> I know. But one of the biggest stories that I worked on, and I went to a college that was specific. I went to Emerson College, which is a communication school. Oh, yeah. And I oriented a lot of my work towards the automotive industry. And um, a couple of years ago, I got the option or sort of the opportunity to interview Jim Glickenhaus, whom Ooh. you've spoken to. Yeah, yeah, he's been a guest here. Yep. And that was really intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty serious guy. Yeah. And he's done so much for the industry. And he's got such a huge influence and history. And so we went up to his garage and, you know, I was really nervous. And eventually I just sort of took a step back and I said, you know, you've got the training. You've been doing this for years. You've done some really great stories. Just sort of be that person and stop. Don't let your ego into it. Don't let your nerves into it. And it, it came out to be a really great story. And we also got to see this amazing garage that he's got. Oh, yeah. And I, I hope it set me up for more great stories to come. So that was definitely one of those like, ah, <laughs> moments. Yeah, I understand because Jim is, he's a very serious guy about what he does, but an amazing uh, impact on the automotive industry. And believe me, I mean, think about what I've done. I'm now up to uh, guest number 776. And yeah, I, I still get the same way sometimes when I talk to people I've always wanted to talk to. You get a little nervous and you want to do a really good job, and but you want to hear what you're saying. And I just learned, you know what, in the car industry, it brings us all together and it's an equalizer. Yeah. You can go to a car show and there could be a guy there who is 
saved his whole life to buy his little tiny bug eye Sprite. And there's a guy over there that's a billionaire, runs an international industry. But they all talk the same talk. And that's what brings us all together. Yeah. And they all put their pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. (laughs) No, it's a great point. And I have found that even cross elements of the industry, even the hot rodders to the Greenwich Concours enthusiasts, everyone still loves the car industry. That's the base of it, you know? Yeah, it is really about the people. Very nice. Uh, What a coup, too, to land uh, Jim Glickenhaus. Wow, that must have been really fun. It was so exciting. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're, I haven't even been in his garage, so you're five steps ahead of me. So you go, girl. Very, very nice. <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to say that. But yeah, if you do want to check out the article, we got some amazing pictures. Uh, dad, who you'll talk to, is a photographer. So he got some really great stuff oh, in the, the man. garage. So. And to get to do it with your dad, too. What a nice, yeah. what a nice day. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. Now, again, you're a young lady, so I would assume that there's a lot of aha moments that are in your future, but maybe you've had one in the past. So take us to that moment in time that kind of illuminated a way for you to go down a new path. Yeah, when I was thinking about this question, I was sort of struggling with it because, you know, I was in traditional journalism education for a long time. And um, I wouldn't say I was in the field as much as I'd like to have been. But it's more like everything I do within the journalism and the social media, because I run a pretty big social media account for everything on Car Show, Mm -hmm. has been a slow evolution. And it's been a series more of smaller day-by-day aha moments, like, oh, maybe this will work, and maybe this type of advertising or marketing or media outreach. And I think that that culminates in something much larger. But I haven't, I can't think of anything that's been like, oh, this is going to change my career. I mean, I've always sort of known I needed to be in writing, and I needed to have something to do with cars. Right. And it actually turned out that it worked. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! uh, Yeah, I look forward to an aha moment, but everything's been a lot smaller, maybe less dramatic. Sure. It's been happening on a day-by-day basis. And then you turn around, you're like, oh, that actually is what you wanted it to be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's amazing when you just put your head down and work, right? That's all it takes. Hard work and time. That's all. Lots and lots. Lots of hard work. Yeah, I understand. How about a proudest career moment? I have assumed you've had a few. Uh, talking with Jim was probably made you yeah. feel pretty proud. But is there one in particular you'd like to share? Yeah. So in October of last year, we got invited to be sponsors at the Bridgehampton Road Rally, Ooh. which was so cool. Um, and that place has such an amazing racing history. But I was doing some live streaming, which I'm sure you've come across the Periscope application, but you can live yeah. stream to people from your phone. And up until that point, I'd been live streaming to 40 or 30 people. But one of my live streams got like 300 live viewers. Mm. We were at this event and it was so cool. I was so high on that like whole thing. You've got this classic rally is going on in this classic racing town and I'm standing there talking to people all over the country about it and it was just I felt like this is where I was supposed to be in that moment so that was fun oh def- most definitely congratulations for that because <laughs> the technology today even doing what I'm doing with podcasting five years ago this would have been very very challenging not that it isn't super easy but still the technology makes it easy and what Facebook is doing with live streaming now and Periscope and all these different applications you can reach out to people and yeah and definitely again it's that universal communication about the car industry. We have followers all over the country. And ideally, we're going to reach out and Safari is going to incorporate other parts of the world. I mean, you know, America's got a really huge car industry. So we're starting here. But we went to Rhinebeck, New York last weekend or a few weekends ago, and I was live streaming there. They had all these classic midget cars from racing over the years. Uh And 
one of the guys watching is like, oh, are there any shows in Rhode Island today? And I was like, yeah, check out the site. We've got all the listings of Rhode Island. One guy's in Detroit. He's like, oh, I saw one of those racing. Like they're communicating with me live. And yes. It's a marvel of technology. You know, I watch this stuff come to light and it's still incredible. <laughs> it is. It is. And I'll remind our listeners because I have a lot of Facebook followers and a lot of them are traveling all the time. You can go to Car Show Safari. And if you're in a town that you're not familiar with, just go online, check it out. And you never know. There could be a car show like right down the street. And if you get home and find out you you missed it, you'd be so bummed out. So uh, wonderful, wonderful resource. Well, let's have a little fun and go back in time. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have about that vehicle. So this is, it's a little funny. You know, I like to joke with people, the car I drive right now is a student loans mobile. <laughs> I don't actually, you know, we, we don't live in an area where you need a car to get around and I'm really trying to save up. You know, mm-hmm. I still live at home. You know, we have a big group of people living here right now and I, share in the wealth of the cars in my driveway. But I did grow up driving an old Volvo station wagon and it has this special place in my heart. It will never die. (laughs) And the thing is, by the time I inherited the car, we'd had it 20 years Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't in great shape. But I used to work at a sleepaway summer camp about an hour from home. And that car just came to be the symbol of summer. You know, we squeeze seven people in it, all our camping gear. We'd go to the lake, we'd go to the diner. And it's got all those memories of sort of being 19 and running around working at a summer camp for a year. And, um, you know, it broke down all the time. (laughs) We used to ship that thing. And it was always the day after AAA expired. We'd have to get it on the back of a flatbed. One time after we graduated high school, we rented a cabin. And for the whole week, the stopping distance on the car was getting longer and longer. Uh Uh-oh. And I was like, Dad, there's something wrong with the brakes. And I called him up. He came up, checked it out. He's like, you can't drive this car home. Yeah. (laughs) So we shipped it home, you know, got on the back of a flatbed. And it caused a lot of trouble. But it was just that car that, you know, you symbolize with being 19 and working at a summer camp. And I'll never forget it. Now, fun memories. That's why I like this question so much, because uh, it's not always the the dream car you get. But I think in the future, your answer to that question is going to be a 57 Corvette. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah. When that happens, you give me a call. I want to hear all about it. Well, this next question may not apply then. It has to do with seller's remorse. But maybe there's a car that your dad owned when you were growing up that he let go that you really wish he had not sold. The only car he sold when I was a kid was a Saab. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Good riddance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, we kept that Volvo for a long time, and then we replaced it with – this is so funny. After my brother and I graduated high school, the resident car family got a minivan, which we would never have ever bought. Someone gave it to us. And that car ended up being one of the most utilitarian cars in the world, like, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, we were so, so bent against getting a minivan for so long. Oh, yeah. And until the transmission, as they do, just totally, totally went away. Right. It just disappeared on the street. Um, <laughs> but we've always had, like, several cars on the driveway. You know, I loved driving the old, we had an old S10 for my mom's business as uh-huh. a gardener. And that was always a lot of fun to drive. Oh, cool. <laughs> she cool. sold that one. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Well, let's talk about today what has you excited and fired up. I would love for you to kind of give a pitch for carshowsafari.com, what the whole website's about, what people can expect to find when they go there. Why is this a place that all of us car enthusiasts or automotive enthusiasts need to know about, carshowsafari.com? Right. So everything about Safari is about the car enthusiast, which is why almost every element of it is free. You can list for free. You can join for free, list your car clubs for free. And a lot of it came about, and I guess dad can attest to this, is I used to travel a lot for nerd camps during the summer. I used to go to a lot of (laughs) academic writing programs, Mm -hmm. um, and they were all over the country. And a lot of times, you know, we surreptitiously run into a car event that was going on, or, you know, we started calling it karma. 
And <laughs> I like when, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when they dropped me off at college in Boston, I, we discovered the Lars Anderson Auto Museum where I worked for a very long time and continued to run all their social media remotely. And it just sort of manifested into this idea of like, well, we're always sort of maybe missing events or, or maybe there was an event last week that we could have attended while we were down in North Carolina or whatever. Right. And the need to have this comprehensive list groomed to something much larger. So I've been running our news department since the site launched. And ideally, we're going to start getting into much bigger projects. I'd love to do an intensive on the Bonneville Salt Flats and the mm -hmm. history of Bonneville out there mm -hmm. uh, and the future of Bonneville out there. Oh, yeah. And so Safari grew and it started out as the list and then it was a list of museums and a list of junkyards and a list of uh, vendors for car events. You know, we want to get into how to help people put on shows and things like that. So everything to make the car industry sort of a little more vibrant. And I've noticed, you know, I'm probably an outlier in my age and, and gender at the car events that we attend. And so yeah. we wanted to give it I don't know. A new life sounds a little bit like it's dying. It's not dying, but it does need to evolve. Yes. And we're hoping to help ride that wave of evolution a little bit, too. Well, it's so wonderful. I've taken my son or took my son for years since he was a little, little boy to the vintage races that I used to do and attend and the car shows I used to attend. I remember he started going to Pebble Beach with me when he was about seven years old. And you just didn't see very many young children there. You still don't. I've been going for 27, 28 years. He's 23 years old now. Yeah, we really do need to keep pushing this hobby with young people. And the fun thing, again, about your website is that it's just a fun place to go to. You, you put a, It puts a smile on your face. When I landed there, I went, oh, this is neat. This is cool. I feel like I'm part of something. I'm attending something. So it's very, very, very cool. So I'll make sure that's Listed on your show notes page, as is your dad's show notes page. He'll be a guest tomorrow. Carshowsafari.com. Check it out. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Ruby. If you were a car, what kind of car would Ruby be <laughs> and why? Okay, so I cheated on this question. I'd like to say, I'd like to say I'm a classic muscle car. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I have a funny story about that. But I looked up my Myers Briggs personality test to see, okay. to see what car aligned with my personality, and I got a Volkswagen Beetle. No kidding! Wow. <laughs> um, and so, you know, at first I was like, oh, I'm not a bug. But then I was like, you know what? The Volkswagen Beetle has such a long and impressive and storied history through automotive time. You know, the Brits almost owned Volkswagen and they were like, we don't want your stupid company. And now they really regret their decision. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, what could I, could I really say? I wish I was like a cool sleep muscle car. Well, <laughs> you know, that's why that question is designed not the kind of car you wish you were, but how you perceive yourself manifested in a car. And knowing you like I do now, you're very bubbly, you're very personable, you're friendly, you've got a beautiful smile. That's what the bug is. Everybody loves it. So everybody loves Ruby. So Ruby's <laughs> a bug. Yeah, I think it works very nice. And I do have a funny story about that. I was interviewed in a class once. We were doing uh, profiles on each other. Uh -huh. And I told the girl who was interviewing me that I loved muscle cars. And she started out her story, you know, Ruby is a muscle car. But until... We clarified this. This went on for several weeks. She thought that muscle cars were monster trucks. Oh, my gosh. And thought that I, like <laughs> me, loved these huge monster trucks. And, like, I wrote about monster trucks. I rode in monster trucks. And oh, my she gosh. thought that I loved monster trucks. And eventually I was like... <laughs> not monster trucks. No, that's why when you're interviewing people, you need to a little do a little homework up front and make sure you know what you're talking about, especially in the car world, because car people can sniff out a non-car person pretty darn quick. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I never get my facts wrong because <laughs> I know someone out there knows a lot more than I do. Yes. Every once in a while, I get an email saying, Mark, in that interview with Joe, you said actually that they made 401 of those de tomaso mongooses, not 400. So it's like, oh, I stand corrected. Thank you. So uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Ruby, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Ruby, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? You can't see this, but I got a letter from Janet Guthrie one. Oh my gosh, how cool. Yeah, and it's essentially like women have this long history in the car industry. Go get them. Yep. Don't let anything stop you. So I, I keep that very close to the chest. All right. Yeah, thank you, Janet. Very, very nice. That's cool. What a lady. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success over the years? I don't stop moving. <laughs> um, I'm not very good at sitting still. So I tend to write like these crazy epic to-do lists and see how many things I can get done in a day. Oh, you know, that's, that's a, a great trade. I've had many very successful business people here on Cars Yeah 
who make lists every morning. And I'll tell you, one of my celebrity guests, Adam Carolla, who's known for a podcast that's been around forever and TV shows and all sorts of things. One of the things he said was, he goes, you know what? When I get up in the morning, I just start moving my legs and I don't stop until I'm exhausted at night. And that's how you become successful. So definitely that's the way to do it. Now, there's a lot of great resources out there. Of course, your website is one of those very awesome resources, Car Show Safari. But is there another resource that you go to a lot that you'd like to share? Um, well, we get a lot of great books to do reviews on. And um, Tom Coulter's work is just, it keeps showing up time and again as being this amazing like story. You know, he's done all sorts of great travel work and stuff like that. Right. So I, I keep reading his books too. Oh, they cool. give me a lot of juice. Oh, good. I'll have to have him on. I've had a lot of authors on this show. We, In fact, just last week we gave, I gave away five books. This week I'm giving away another book. So uh, yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to reach out to him. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? Okay, I'm totally obsessed with Bertha Benz right now. Oh! I I know, that sounds so weird. So I recently read about her in like 1888, I think. I just, I'd have to verify. She stole Carl Benz's motor wagon and drove it on the first long distance road trip anywhere. From my understanding and the the much more in-depth story than I anticipated writing, if she hadn't done that, we might not have the car industry we know today. <laughs> yeah. You know, and she created an environment where the that wagon became something that people actually wanted to buy. And she made it so much better than it was before she took it out. Yeah, it is a fascinating story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll have to find a place and maybe you can share with me a place online where we could share that on your show notes page where people could go and read that story. Because when I read it, I was like, I had no idea that she did that. Right. Well, I actually just wrote an article because her death, the anniversary of her death passed, I think, two weeks ago. Okay. Um, but she got honored in 2011 during this big German automotive history event where they took that stretch of 30 miles, long distance, 30 miles, and um, used it to highlight modern engineering and hyd- like new technology for the car industry. Because what she did really pushed the industry forward in a way that nothing else had. So, Cool. Well, maybe you can share that with me. Is that is that online somewhere or on your website? Yeah, it's in our news department. Okay, So it's cool. a couple stories down. Oh, yeah. cool. Well, maybe you can send me a link to that, and I'll put that on your show notes page, because people really should hear what she did. I mean, she was like a wild teenager stealing dad's car. Yeah, know. it's uh, like middle of the night. She's just like, peace. I'm yeah. going marketing. Yeah, I'll see you. <laughs> yeah, and she's out there fixing things with little bobby pins and stuff. So Right. It's great. It is. It's an awesome story. Well, we talked about books. Is there one book that you'd like to share with our listeners that you've enjoyed reading? Yeah, this one. It's Car Crazy by G. G. Wayne Miller. I always mix up which where the letter goes. But he does this super deep, intensive history into the early, early automotive world, you know, like 1800s, early 1900s. Uh-huh. And um, so much of that contributed to the way the car industry formed. You know, you're talking early electronic car or electric cars, right. electronic. And you're talking early roads and just a little of every element of society that makes the car industry that we have today make sense. And it's amazing. Wow. It's a, it's an intense book. I mean, like there's a lot of facts and figures that you mm-hmm. might not be able to keep straight, but like the first race across country and these guys are digging their wheels out of the mud because there's no roads. <laughs> right. I mean, like, so it's very romantic, actually, in a weird way. Oh, very cool. Well, that's the first time that book has been recommended. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to this book and all the great recommendations by the past 700 plus guests here uh, cars yeah there's a great place called guest recommended books where i make it really easy you just click to buy but you can also find a link on ruby's show notes page and all those references she's shared with us today at carsyeah.com slash ruby scalera s-c-a-l-e-r-a is the spelling of that last name so check it out all right we're up to the checkered flag this is the fun one and i'm going to uh, ask you what i call the real doozy of a question so i'm going to 
buy you any car you'd like today. doesn't matter what it is, how expensive. I'm going to get out the big Cars Yeah checkbook like I do every day for all my guests and buy you whatever you'd like. So what would that car be? And more importantly, why? Well, you're very generous. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I try to be. You know, there's so many to pick from, but I do have a soft spot in my heart. Of course I do. I mean, they're absolutely gorgeous. But like the late 50s Roadsters, you know, the, the 507, the Beamer 507, Ooh. the uh, the Gullwing. Yeah. I mean, those cars just like they're everything that's absolutely ostentatious and gilded and beautiful and over the top and mm-hmm. they're powerful and and they withstand the test of time i mean when when mercedes came out with the new one recently it really was just an evolution it wasn't a new car it was the same love of driving and yes. love of car history and everything yeah. so yeah I don't know. It changes from day to day, but those I always go back to that era. Well, I'm going to make you narrow it down to one car today. I know it might change tomorrow, but we're here today, so let's just make it today. So let's see. You talked about a 507 BMW, a Mercedes Gullwing. Is it one of those two, or is there another one? It'd probably be the Mercedes, Um, and I'm a convertible person. So for me to say the Gullwing, it's tough, but... um, I don't know. I have this is so weird. I have a history of studying art history, actually. So the design and also like the history of the Mercedes and where it got to and the racing for that car. I mean, it's a little of everything. Well, they do come in a roadster, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I love I love that look. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so perfect. It, yeah. The Gullwing is beautiful. So, OK, well, what color would you like just so I get the right one for you? Got to be red. Oh, yeah. Cool. Got to be red. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of me sitting in a red Gullwing. I got the very lucky day of spending a day with one, actually a red Roadster and a Gullwing together doing a photo shoot years back. So uh, I'll shoot you a picture of that. That was great fun. They're awesome cars. You know what? Driving those cars, they are like modern cars. They blew me away. They feel like a modern car. And you don't, most old cars you get into are not like that. You know you're in an old car, but that thing is just, it's like a rock. It's just built like a rock. Ah, very nice, Ruby. Nice choice. Of course, you just broke the bank, but oh well. <laughs> you offered. I did. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, be careful what you offer, a lady. You might have to come through and uh, provide the goods. I don't think I could afford the insurance on a car like that. Uh, well, I'm, you know, this is fantasy day, so insurance doesn't even exist. You don't need it. We've got uh, universal insurance that's, uh, you know, no cost, so don't worry about it. Well, Ruby, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've enjoyed so much learning more about you, about Car Show Safari, and everything you guys do there and provide to the hobby. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Would you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off into the sunset in that red Mercedes Gullwing? I guess just when it comes to business, when it comes to writing, when it comes to cars, just remember why you do it. You do it because you love it. You do it because you, you know, you want to keep the industry alive. And going back to that very basic reason gives, I don't know, it gives new life and new joy and keeps, makes you want to keep going. You know, I created a meme a while back that said, when you're ready to give up, remember why you started. Yeah. It's very much the same thing. So great words of wisdom from a young lady who's, uh, Walking her talk or driving her drive, as we say here on Cars, yeah. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Car Show Safari? Uh, well, you can find out all about Car Show Safari on carshowsafari.com or also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Periscope, and LinkedIn with a little bit on YouTube. We're getting there. And more of my writing at rubyraysgalera.com. That's R-A-E for the middle name. All my writing is on carshowsafari.com right now. So you can just check us out there. Wow. Well, I encourage listeners, check all of this out. You're going to have so much fun. This is a great place to go. Great place to find out what's happening in the car world. If you find yourself in a a city you're not used to, check it out because you know what? There's probably something happening there that you don't want to miss. 
Ruby, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much, Mark. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!